Jay, I, I feel there's only one joke we can really start this episode off with, right? First pilgrim. What? <laughs> what's, the, what's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Uh, snowball, oh! bro. Here, you want to hear an actual, like, bad joke that'll take a minute? Sure. I just heard this yesterday. You ready? <laughs> okay, go for it. Guy walks into a bar with his pet pig. He orders him a couple of shots. Okay. And uh, the bartender says, well, that's a nice pig. He says, but why's it got a wooden leg? And the guy goes, well, let me tell you something about this pig. He goes, there was a fire at my house, and this pig was so smart, he dragged me out to safety. And he said, the bartender's like, well, that's cool, but why has he got a wooden leg? He goes, well, let me tell you something else about this pig. I was out I was out of my boat, and it capsized, and this pig swam me to shore. It's a very special pig. And the bartender's like, well, that's cool, but once again, why does the pig have a wooden leg? And he said, one, he said, one time I was in a traffic accident, and I had the pig in the car, and the pig pulled me out of the car before it caught fire. And the bartender says, look, man, I get it. It's a special pig, but why does the pig have a wooden leg? And the guy goes, well, that's simple, sir. He's like, a pig this special, you can't eat it all at once. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Let's start the show. Well, I know Nick is a podcast and you're listening to it today. Well, I know Nick is a podcast and it's hosted by Chuck and Jay. We don't know what we're gonna do and we don't know what we're gonna say. But all we know is we're not going today. Yeah, we're not going today. Not Nordic Pod at G. Ladies and gentlemen, a rainy Wednesday evening, snowy other places from what I understand, and welcome to episode 58 of the World Famous We're Not Nerd Podcast! My name is Chuck. Hi, what up y'all, I'm Jay. And we're not Nordic. We are not. What's going on Jay? Nothing much, how are you on this fine, wet, wild, and windy day? I'm just glad we didn't get any snow, bro. Well, who knows? The night is still young. The Do you know there's a story my brother used to tell me when I was a kid about how snowflakes were made? Tell me. Do you know, what is that called? The lore of, like, you know, how a camel was made. It was a beast. It, was, it made it a beast of burden because it was a, oh. a horse that was really lazy. What is that called? What, like an old wives' tale or something? Not a wives' It's... Whatever it's, I don't know what it's called, but he told, he wrote a story in school. I'm not sure if he did or not, but I remember he told me about it. He wrote a story in school about a kid <clears throat> who was handicapped, and he would make all these designs out of paper. Okay. And uh, the bullies would come over and knock him off his desk. So he passed away, and when he went up to heaven, he was still making the designs out of paper. And so he dropped it was, from the sky. But it was snow. Huh. So every time his desk got bumped in heaven, they would fall off and make snow. Dude. Isn't that cute? Oh, dear God. I thought it was pretty cool, honestly. I, obviously, I'm still talking about it. But that's anyway. Like, that's like rain being God spitting. You ever hear that one? I did. You ready to hear some news, Jay? I would like to hear some news, but I mean, on National Chocolate Day, you want to go right into news? Well, that's a good day. I mean... <laughs> Should we try this Kit Kat bar in honor of, honor of National Chocolate Day? Well, that's why we got it, right? Yeah, yeah, we knew it all along. So, Folks, if you are a chocolate lover, December 16th is your day. If you could cover anything in chocolate, what would it be? Chuck, what, what would it be? Anything? Yeah, well, it's National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Well, I Oh, was... that's the day. National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Oh, that's cool. What would you cover in chocolate? 
Uh, a good answer? I don't have one right now. I there remember, are so many foods that are improved by covering them in chocolate. Remember, so go ahead, indulge, as this day is a chocolate lover's dream come true. I remember I was listening. Oh, dear. I remember okay. I was listening to the Stern Show when they went to Bubba the Love Sponge's wedding. Okay. And they had a chocolate fountain, and Artie and uh, Sal were uh, dipping fresh Krispy Kreme donuts in, in cho- on the chocolate fountain. Uh, but that's 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 new jack shit. Though. All right, so we're, we're gonna try this Kit Kat duos, mocha and chocolate. All right, so Chuck is taking a bite. Taking a second bite, folks. He's going in for number two. Not enough mocha flavor. Not enough mocha. Now let me take my bite. I think the mocha flavor is pretty strong, if you do ask Hmm. me. Are you asking me? I was, yeah. Dude, mocha flavor is pretty strong. What do you think about the mocha flavor? I think it's pretty strong. Hmm. Not bad. So if anyone has tried these, pardon me for talking with my mouth full. They are... I enjoy them. Yeah, they wouldn't be a go-to Kit Kat, but... Not a go-to. They weren't bad to try this time. But a Goku. You know what I'm saying? Are you really dra- uh, Dragon Ball Zing me here? I'm not. You're just saying? I'm just saying. Super saying? I'm saying. Goku! I don't even know what that is. All right, let's get to... Let's get to let's <laughs> Sorry, get to, folks. So grab your Ferrero shares and dip them in chocolate. Your Ferrero shares good. They are. National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Go. Um... Well, look, man. What's up? I mean, the big news that we all need to talk about uh, that's going to be at the top of my list here is it appears that metaphysical Megan's getting married. So she unprivated her Instagram just to allow you to see her wedding picture? It is. It seems that way, yeah. Look at Because wasn't it private? You weren't even allowed to... It wasn't private exactly, but she was asking for money. Right, her patron. Oh, that's right. Yeah. $22.22 to be a... Cosmic rainbow love. No one else I'd rather journey through this lifetime with than you. Planning our celebration of our sacred union is my favorite. God, I bet that wedding's going to be a train wreck. Cosmic rainbow love. Our hearts woven together, sending out bliss-charged love into the cosmos. Divine feminine plus sacred masculine. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are they? Oregon? Is there... Uh-huh. Is there a lot masculine about that guy? I'm just saying. I'm, uh, ju- I'm just saying. Okay, he has a man bun, and he's wearing <laughs> I'm just Geppetto's saying. pants. He just got done making Pinocchio, and he's standing on the beach with metaphysical Megan. <laughs> he's, definitely, he's definitely wearing, like, a swashbuckler shirt with, yes. like, the tie, with, like, the ties on the neck. <laughs> or a man, uh, Mandalorian maker. What are those things called? What are those things called? Not Mandalorians. Are they Mandalorians? What? what? That, that make those uh, puppets? What no, are they called? I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Write in at notnordicpod at gmail.com if you know what they're called. Bringing forth divine re- remembrance, Tantra, the weaving of souls. Lemuria, returning to the hearts of all humanity as we rise into unity consciousness through the embodiment of our sacred union. What does any of that mean? I don't know. Like, she can't just be like, hey, hey, y'all, I'm getting married. Right. Well. <sighs> like, I want... Uh, I wanted to bury the hatchet and make her make her not my enemy anymore, but the, reading these uh, re- reading this status just made me even more angry. Listen to Chuck trying to get an invite over here. Yeah, that'd be cool. You ain't going, bro. I wonder what their food would be. It'd have to be vegan based. Oh, it's gonna be vegetable based. Yeah, I mean, look, whatever. I'm, I'm not. Shout out to my vegans out there, but no, I know. I mean. I'm just, I can't, I can't, just wondering what it would be. I, I wonder. Here's my here's my big question. Go here. Here we go. Um, 
will there be a designated taint tanning station at the wedding? So you can take a break and recharge your cosmic energy. <laughs> well, the thing about taint tanning, it's not just, you know, I can't it's not find, just for looks. I can't find this word you're looking for, by the way. Well, a puppet- Ma- Marionette? Yeah, but what are they? A puppeteer makes. Do they make puppets? Or are they just puppeteer the puppets? Listen, let's not get off track already. <laughs> yeah, we're we're talking about our friend Megan here, right? <laughs> With her marionette. Let's creep husband. Yeah, let's creep. Let's creep on the uh, the fiance here. He's got a uh, okay. He's got a. Uh, we're uh, deep diving, folks. If anyone else is interested, join us. Metaphysical Megan is on Instagram at. At Metaphysical Megan. Okay. I'm going in for duo number two. You're going for duo number two? I'm try. The last one is yours. I'll leave it over here. Right there, next to your beer. There he is. Dear S- Lord. Sitting, sitting naked under a rainbow, cradling his junk. Yes. And the, the thing is, is he looks like he's trying to be in shape, but he's not quite there. He can't even cross his legs in lotus position properly. <laughs> if Kundalini is demonic, then... Then, by the way, he definitely meant he definitely meant to say then, but he uh-huh. said then. Okay. If Kundalini is demonic, then the demon made me believe in God. Someone who is engaged in meditation does not need to read books, scripture, or study gurus and teachers all day, because whatever the information contains is just an echo of somebody else's meditation. How can you empty the mind when you're constantly filling it? Studying the mind, meditation empties it. Rainbow body. Uh, you know what? They found that they found the part. They're they're they, they they're made each for other. each other. God bless God bless you both, Megan and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Does fucking weak it? ass lotus position, dude. I'm dissing his lotus position hard. So. Yo, you are coming hard at the homie's lotus position. Fuck his lotus position, and I ain't talking about his uh, email lotus notes position. I'm talking about his squatting. I think it's interesting. Position. Like like even these people, like who clearly want to be very. Um, sort of one with the earth and sort of disconnected. They're, they still have to. They still have to set the camera so they can take pictures of themselves kissing. You're right. Yeah, they are very um, aware. Yeah, they're marketing them. She's Megan's trying to make herself a brand. Clearly, look, she is because well, she got a little bit. Of, she got a little bit of buzz off that uh, taint thing. Right. So yeah, she better be careful. She's making herself some brand. You know what I'm saying? She's making herself a brand. Better not eat a brand muffin while she's tanning her taint. Well, you got to keep regular, right? Right. Um, so Unless she's got a fast car, and then she's got to go premium. Sorry. Um, keep going. So we talked about um, uh, the Wonder Woman movie last time, or two times ago, maybe. Okay. Going to HBO Max. Right. And then, of course, right after we finish, the big news dropped that the entire slate of Warner Brothers movies will be opening... On HBO Max in 2021, the same day as in theaters. Now, you being a movie guru, how do you feel about that? Um. Well, you see, that's the thing. I'm a movie guru now. Wow. I think so. Um. Your lotus position is quite high when you watch <laughs> movies. Popcorn fits right in between your legs perfectly. <laughs> the, mil- <laughs> the milk does right. Exactly. Right on your right knee. Soda <laughs> bouncing on your left. You're very zen. Um, You're the Robbie Shankar of zen, movies. <laughs> zen, um, everything zen. Uh, so, I don't think so. But. So a lot of a lot of um, like directors and whoever have have pointed out that they feel this is a sort of a bullshit move to 
because um, they AT and T owns HBO now, and they they want HBO Max to compete with Netflix. And a lot of creative types involved in these movies have come come out and said they feel like you know their their uh, art is being kind of thrown by the wayside in the name of them trying to juice up their streaming service and get it more notoriety, which. You know, and it will hurt. It will hurt the box office of these movies. I've got an article pulled up here that says it might cost them 1.2 billion in box office. Whoa! Which, because I don't know if you looked at the list of movies, there's a lot of major titles on it, like uh, the the Matrix Four, the new Mortal Kombat movie, Dune, right? Dune, yeah, which actually looks pretty cool. Um, here, actually, here's a full list. Well, but my issue, from what I hear is that the app itself is not capable of handling what they want to offer. I hear that already a lot of people are complaining that the buffering is out of control for the price that they're paying, and you have to up your HBO subscription to get everything with all these movies. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're not handed this yes. for having it. Yeah, no, it's definitely... that's. Yeah, I mean, it's at a, it's, it's at a higher price point than regular HBO. Yeah, HBO says it's a bonus, but in actuality, bro, they're boning us. Well, I've so. I've got it free with my cell phone plan, so you got this. Yeah. You got this with all these new flicks coming out. Yeah, bro? man. Okay. Well, then you're in the know. See, everything's in. <laughs> um, it, honestly, I mean, you know, I'm a traditionalist, so I'm hoping this is just sort of a an experiment that sort of ends up and things kind of end up going back to the way they were. But I don't know, man. It's it's tough to say. It's it's tough to say with any degree of certainty what audiences are going to do when they're welcomed back into the theaters, you know, en masse. I mean, I, uh, they said, um, uh, what's, what's the big, what's the big theater chain? Um, AMC. AMC is supposed to be out of money as of next month. So, Yikes. but I think that I was saying to somebody, I think that worst case scenario, um, I, I don't think that movie theaters are going to go away. Like I was reading about, um, yeah, they'll always sit there empty, of course. <laughs> Zang. Yeah, for us, for us to fucking peer in the window, peer yeah. in the window, and take pictures of, like we like to do. Right. Um, no, but you know, I was reading about how vinyl had its best-selling year since 1991 this year. You're right. So it's like even I think even worst case scenario, even if be, if it becomes like a kitschy thing, you know, I, th- I think theaters will stick around. Yeah, that, those nostalgia heads that want to go in there and experience the movie on the big screen. How like, many times have you heard that? Like me, exactly. Sitting in the front row because. I like to watch movies, but I just I'm, I'm cursed with a short attention span. So if I'm sitting in my house, no matter how sharp my TV is, I'm gonna play on the phone. I'm gonna do this, that, and the other thing. Like right. I like being in an environment where there's nothing but the movie. It's I don't know, but that's just me. Like I like I like I like the popcorn smell. I like I just I love everything about the movies I have since I was a little kid. I uh, I agree with you 100. percent I even like the rotten so- soda smell in the theater. Yeah. I don't. I know that sounds weird, but I do no, enjoy I, that. No, I get it. Now I got a question for you. Speaking of movies, have you ever had to sit in the front row to see a movie? Yeah, once. What movie was that? Do you remember? The first one. Uh, it happened a couple of times. The first one was. Um, Oh, what the hell was the name of that Christopher Nolan movie with Al Pacino and um, and Rob, Robin Williams played the bad guy? Insomnia. Insomnia. That's okay. It. Yeah, yeah. Hillary uh, Swank was in that too, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And, but I I noticed that they've and that was horrible. My neck hurt for like two days. But I've noticed um, the newer theaters and the remodeled ones set the first row quite a, quite a ways back now, right. where it's it's really not as bad as it used to be. Yeah, it was it was a nightmare. The first movie I saw was uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
was for my birthday. You sat in the front row, huh? I had to sit. It was sold out. But anybody out there, do you have you ever sat in a movie in the front row? Right in, notnordicpod at gmail.com. We want to hear. Yeah, they would. Okay. I mean, it would. Uh, there was a time where um, they would warn you, like if you went to go, uh, like take a seat in the front row, they're gonna be like, they'd be like, yeah, that's really unpleasant. Uh, we're not sure you want to do that. Yeah. But they don't. They don't really, because they. I mean, the these newer theaters, especially the ones that were, like with the recliners. I mean, they they put like two, three feet of leg room. That's true. Yeah, I feel like I've sat in the front row a couple of times since then, and it really hasn't been that that big of a deal. Was it a big movie? Did you have to sit in the front, or did you choose that? No, I would never choose it. Okay. Yeah. And where do you sit? I like... Um, I think we talked about this. You sit middle, middle back, but not the very back. No, I like, um, if possible, I like to sit behind uh, in the first row of, uh, like, the second block of seats, so behind where... Um, people in wheelchairs would have to sit okay because i like being able to put my feet up on the bars okay understood what about you i'm back back i don't like people sitting behind me i think we talked about this because a guy sat behind me and i started yelling at him and he was stoned out of his gourd well spotify told me that we made 20 even in a year where we took like a couple month long break we still made 2600 minutes of new content get off i'm sure we've repeated a lot of things yeah get off us we tell the story again too bad or write in. Say, guys, you, we heard this one. Get some new material, you hacks. You know? Um, so I think you some... Know? I think some... Uh, keeping up with... The Kardashians. Uh, Chuck's favorite show on E! True Hollywood. Go ahead, sorry. Um, like a, like a, an hour after we recorded last, uh, one, a group took credit for one of those monoliths. What but, do you mean? But not all of them. There, there was, um, I believe there was an artist group that claimed they put one of the uh, put one of the monoliths. In. Really? I believe so. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it was a uh, it was an art project, projecty. Um, hang on, I gotta find it. But the weird thing is, they I think they only took credit for one. Well, Let all me, I have to say about that is. Then someone's ripping your stees, guys. Get I, on them. I just wish they would just, you know, like, get to it and explain Either what it all is. Because I just don't... I guess I care a little bit, but... <laughs> Honestly, it's it's not that big of a deal. Who really cares? That's what I said last time. It's... it's You, you did your part. Whatever you wanted to do, you did it. It's done. You destroyed nature. <laughs> You made you know, everybody annoyed. Exactly. Good for you. Great job. Let's talk about uh, your ideal casting. Okay. If you if you were to choose the next James Bond, who would you choose? Next James Bond, I like the what a Idris Alba. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good choice. I think too. that is an excellent choice. I don't think there needs to be any discussion. Boom, him. And wasn't there a new woman that was going to be involved in it too that got a lot of hate? She still, yeah, she still is. Now um, is she teaming up with Idris Alba, or is she going to be the? A female Bond. Well, she apparently gets... uh, She becomes a 007 in the movie that was supposed to come out like a year ago and still hasn't come out. Okay. Um, So I don't know what what role she'll play. I would assume it would be her and somebody else because they'd want to have a new Bond. I'd be interested to see how she does. In all honesty... Yeah, who gives a fuck? I I mean, really. I'm I'm 100% on board. I think you said it best when you found out that... um, 
Twilight dude is becoming Batman. Bat- yeah, is becoming yeah. Batman. You said, you know what? I saw the trailer. I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. And I feel the same way about this new Bond. Well, I remember uh, it just. It, I, I learned my lesson from when I, I remember so distinctly being like, "Oh, Heath Ledger is the Joker. That's a horrible idea." And it was fucking awesome. It so, was. You know. I mean, what do I know? Right. And we both said that Chaboy Jack and Chaboy Heath did great job. The and look, it is difficult. <laughs> Chaboy Jack is classic from my childhood. Can't can't hate on that. Right. Um, but yeah, George Clooney thinks he's too old to play British spy James Bond, but he's vouching for Idris Elba to assume the mantle so many great British set thespians have held before. Did you say George Clooney? Yes. Who fucking cares about George Clooney playing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he got mentioned. No. See, that's something I would be against. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you. I don't do not like his acting style. I love George that, Clooney. That's, that's a personal. That's a, that's a personal thing. preference. I know you loved him in the Facts of Life. I got it. That's where he got his start. And then you loved him in ER. Right after that, uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh wow, was not aware of that part. Oh yeah, um, but yeah. So he he thinks Idris Elba is a good idea for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Um, Thanks for the input. Right. Shut up and get back to Facts of Life. Tootie's looking for you, dog. Jesus. Got him. <laughs> well. Okay, so if you had to cast, if you if you were casting Frank Sinatra in a movie, okay, who would you cast? If I was casting Frank Sinatra, do you have someone in mind? Uh, I know who has been cast in an upcoming movie about um, Ronald Reagan. Okay, I guess it would be that Ronan Farrow. I mean, he's not really an actor, but what? he's a he's a reporter. It's okay. Mia Farrow's son who looks just like him. Okay, all right. I mean. I guess that's all I have well, right now. Go ahead. The upcoming movie Reagan, starring Dennis Quaid as Reagan, has casted. How about Scott Stapp from from Creed? What? When you think of Frank Sinatra, you probably don't envision Scott Stapp, the former lead singer of Creed. But for those whose first impression of Sinatra comes from next year's Reagan, that's what they'll get. Stapp will play the legendary singer, as first reported by Billboard and Spin can confirm. In the upcoming Sean McNamara-directed film, the cast also includes Penelope Ann Miller from Kindergarten Cop, obviously, Kevin Dillon, better known as everyone's famous favorite handsome brother in Entourage, I guess, okay. and ancient actor-turned-Trump supporter John Voight. Trump 2020, baby. It's not over yet. 2024. It's not, it's not over till it's over, baby. Uh-huh. It's an odd cast, but maybe that's just what the doctor ordered to kick off Stapp's acting career. I don't think so. Oh, Dear heavens. Either way, the experienced frontman is excited to portray such a legendary artist on the big screen. Sinatra, I feel like he talks like, Sinatra in performance mode was an exercise in restraint, Stapp told Billboard in a statement. He had this steely, stylish swagger, and his sheer presence commanded a room. I was excited to join the cast and blown away by the onset attention to detail, style, and the overall production. Can Stapp's acting chops take Reagan higher? Oh, shit. Will he be welcomed in Hollywood with arms wide open? Only time will tell. Wow. (laughs) That seems like such a bad idea. Yes. 100%. So do you want? Do you have any like obvious jokes you want to get out of the way before we move on to this? No, we can we can move on. Can we do things my way? Wow! Oh, oh my gosh! Like I watched, so I watched that movie Dick with uh, with Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, and like Tyler Perry played Colin Powell, right? And the entire thing, like I just wanted, I was just waiting for him to be like, "Hello." 
Like, yeah. Oh. We got to drop some bombs on the Middle East or whatever. Well, how, well I think that uh, Tyler Perry's a pretty good actor, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, his theater performance, I mean, that's where he got his start was the, the theater. So I think, I think that he knows how to, I think that he's been through enough performances to give everything, but also knows how to pull it back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just I knew him from Medea first, so I just it's a personal thing. I Understood. Con- conversely, I feel like every time Scott Stapp like comes on screen as Frank Sinatra, I'm just gonna wait him for him to go, fucking one, oh one, the only way. Yeah, I think that is a very bad, bad call to have him in there. But you know what? Like we said, let's give it a chance. I guess, bro. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it sounds... Dennis Quaid's a good actor. He might be a good Reagan. I don't know. I, I was thinking Randy Quaid when you said that. I was. <laughs> he doesn't even live in the country Ooh, anymore. Good. Japanese man selling hyper-realistic masks featuring faces of strangers. Uh, Shohai Okawara's mask won't protect you from COVID-19, but they will lend, lend you the exact appearance of an unidentified Japanese adult. A year into the coronavirus epidemic, a Japanese retailer has come up with a new take on the theme of facial camouflage, a hyper-realistic mask that models a stranger's features in three dimensions. His mask won't protect you others against the vaccine, but they'll lend you the exact appearance of an unidentified Japanese adult whose features have been printed onto them. Mask shops in Venice probably do not buy or sell masks, but that is something that's likely to happen in fantasy stores. I thought it would be fun to actually do that. The mask will go on sale early next year for 98,000 yen, which is about $950 a piece, oh. at his Tokyo shop, Kamenya uh, Omote, whose products are popular as accessories for parties and theatrical performance. Um, o- Okawara chose his model, whom he paid 40,000 yen for more than 100 applications, who sent him their photos. So everyone is going to... Here, there's a picture of it. So everyone is going to be able to be this dude if they buy this mask? No, didn't they say strangers, or is it just him? I mean, is this kind of like Apex Twins? Come to daddy. No, I is think it like it's a music video? Uh, yeah, I think it's just a mask modeled on... Uh, he says he's, it's just the one face, but he's going to add new faces. Oh, okay. So it is like Apex Twins. So yeah, so it's just this one random dude. Right. So So it's, it's Apex Twins... 2020. I mean, come on. So, if he did commissions, who would you want? Who would you want your your face? Kid Rock. Why Kid Rock? Because I want to be a cowboy, baby. Well, that's not. I have no idea. What about you? Who do you want to be? I was thinking Nicolas Cage. I was going to say that 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 this guy should contact John Travolta (laughs) and Nicolas Cage and really do yes. Take that would be pretty interesting. Sorry, uh, for, there's a movie. Yeah, go ahead. For I was doing a bit of visual humor, listeners. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I, the from Face Off when Nicolas Cage says he's going to take his face off. <laughs> there's a yeah. There's a movie called Face Off. When did that come out? 1997. 97 or 98? Yeah, 97. Well, who am I to who am I to ask the guru? Nicolas Cage did Con Air. Stepped off the the, the set of Con Air. And drove to the set of Face Off. Like, it was like 12 hours between the two of them. I am convinced that is the point in his life in which Nicolas Cage went insane. Like, I think shooting those two movies in a row is what did him in. Fair enough. Uh, Who would you cast as Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson? Tommy Lee. Now, Tommy Lee was played already by um, 
Machine Gun Kelly in a Netflix biopic, I believe, last year. Okay, but we're, we're not going to just go with the with the obvious answers like that. No. Okay, no. so this is gonna this is gonna sound weird. I'm gonna say, and I really don't like this guy, but I think he would do a good job. I'll say Pete Davidson. That's an interesting choice. I'd say Pete Davidson. Yeah. I, think he, I think he'd be able to pull it off. He's got that kind of weird energy that Tommy has. He oh, does. Yeah, okay. And for female, <sighs> oh my, I'd say Ariana Grande. Dude. Ariana Tall, Ariana Tall, dude. Um, I think she would. I think she'd be able to pull it off too. Well, um, it appears that there's going to be a eight episode Hulu limited series about Tommy and Pamela, and. Um, Tommy will be played by Sebastian Stan, who played um, the Winter Soldier in the Captain America movies. Okay. And Lily James will be portraying um, Pam- Pamela, as Stuttering John would say, Pamela, Pamela. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Pamela Anderson. Pamela, comedian Greg Geraldo. Yeah, we can stop there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, I'm just saying. They're not gonna. That's not gonna come out well. They're, they're gonna have to give. Her, they're gonna have to give her some some body right. Like like, like the, the joke from from the beginning of the uh, the podcast. You know what I mean? Snow, oh, snowballs. snowballs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I forget. The, whatever. I forgot what I said two minutes ago, Jay. You have to. Uh, <laughs> no, so right. she's English. I mean, I, I figure because I don't think there's anyone that could play that role as Pamela Anderson without having a fake. Uh, you would think no, boob you would, job, you would right. certainly think not they would have cast to. like Jenna Jameson or something yeah but I mean she is she looks wackadoo now sure you know does I mean? so does Pamela kinda oh you know what I think she looks very regal I think she look, I think that she would do well in a James Bond movie now uh, playing a, an enemy or playing a seductress enemy have you seen her with a slick back hair no, I haven't and seen her recently. The last, the last thing I read about Pamela Randerson was she was yeah. uh, visiting whatever embassy Julian Assange was living at and boning down with him. Okay, interesting. That's uh, that's Sebastian Stan. Okay, yeah, he's just a, some new Jack funk. You know what sweet, I'm saying? Sweet hair, bro. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'd, uh, I. So don't, I don't think he can pull it off. It's a tough role, probably. It's an eight-episode limited series uh, on Hulu. Start shooting next spring. It's set to explore the turbulent relationship between Lee and Anderson. This includes the well-documented incident of a sex tape from their honeymoon that was stolen and released to the public. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, he, obviously, I'll watch that because I'll watch anything Tommy Lee related. Okay. Uh, Seth Rogen is producing. Oh my god! <laughs> I knew you'd like. I knew you'd like that detail. Despise him. So between you, me, and the, the the dozens of audience members, did you watch the Pam and Tommy tape? Uh, I did. Yeah. I I, I I did not find it quote unquote erotic. No, I don't think it, it was. Is. I don't think it fucking annoying. I just watched it to watch it. Yeah, well, that's what we did. I, you know, what, what's well, not us? We didn't do it together, bro. <laughs> Were you watching? <laughs> e. <laughs> no. Um, somebody pointed out like there's something for for like a quote unquote sex tape like. As compared to like the Kim Kardashian one or like the Paris Hilton one, where it seemed like it was just very like cold and whatever. Like, there's something almost sweet about the Pam and Tommy one because at least it's clear they're actually in love, you know? That's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're having a. I mean, it's more. It's more. 
It's more voyeuristic than sexual. It's more along the lines of the real world slash yeah. road rules. Yeah, it's just like him, like... Like, I remember they, they're on a boat, and he's just, like, like driving the boat naked. Right. And, like, and, and you know, really, any time they, they really start to get busy, like, he starts to interrupt it anyway with all his fucking, Oh, babe, you're so fucking amazing, babe. It's just like, yo, Tommy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's how, that's how, but if you think about it, that, that's his pickup line. Whenever he sees a hot chick, oh, my God, babe, like, your stomach is, like, so flat, babe. I think you're the hottest babe I ever bathed in my babe. You're the hottest babe I ever bathed. <laughs> and I, I, it just shows that that's the kind of person he is. He thinks that those kind of flatteries are are what this, or what, like, his significant other want to hear or what, you, what a woman wants to hear. Yeah, you think that's why he's been married, like, 42 times? Yeah, I think that his, his, um... His intentions are shallow and not very genuine, except to get what he wants. But why am I diving so deep into that? There was also a porno movie called like Nightmare on Porn Street or something along those lines. I thought it was Wet Dream on on Porn Street. Dude, or I have no idea. I just remember it was Freddy Krueger based. Yeah. And I think I watched the first the first five minutes of it and immediately turned it off because it was so stupid. Someone said, you have to watch this. I was like, okay. Like, why? Why would you have to watch that? Just same thing with the Tommy Lee. It's not really erotic. It's something. It's just it's, something to watch, it's, yeah. It's like comedic, you know? There's a comedic aspect to it, bro. So I just sent you. Sorry, I'm getting rowdy. You are getting rowdy. Calm down. Calm down. Stop yelling. No. Um, <laughs> can't happen. So I sent you a Twitter link. Um, did you hear about this Tom Cruise thing? I did. Well, this is some audio. Tom Cruise apparently went off on a crew member on Mission Impossible 7 because they weren't following COVID protocol. Right. I, d- I did have this entire thing ready for my news n- next week. Next but, week. Yeah. But want me to play it? Yeah, why not? All right. Here we go, folks. Tom Cruise went ballistic on Mission Impossible 7 crew for breaking the COVID protocols. You ready? You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. First, I want to pause this real quick. Hopefully, you can hear it. Obviously, the funny part is, is he's yelling through a mask. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, he's yelling at these people through a mask. He's following COVID protocol. Let's continue. Okay, and I also want to stop on that part. We're creating thousands of jobs. You boop, boop. You beep, beep. Yeah. Do you know what the, the first word is they beeped? Tell me. Mother. Really? Yeah, they beep motherfucker, but they beep mother as well. Hmm. Okay, so here we go, continuing. I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And if I see you do it again, you're f-ing gone. You're fired. And anyone on fired. this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And oh, you. Oh. Don't you ever f-ing do it again. Tell L. Ron okay. Hubbard on you. No apologies. You nope. can tell it to the people that are losing their because our industry is shut down. Oh. It's not going to put food on their table. What about the people who lost their homes because of your crooked-ass fake religion? That's what I sleep with every night. 
on my pile of money. Right. But there's a P at the bottom. So I'm sorry beyond your apologies. So I'm sorry beyond your that means you and you. We are not shutting this movie down. I like when somebody like gets wound up like this and they're clearly like, coming to the end of it, if but they're trying to like anger, drag that last like little right, bit, a little bit of anger. anger out. Yeah. So you're gonna cost him his job, and I see it on the set. You're going, and you're going, and <gasps> and and you, and you get a car, That's and it. you get a car. Am I clear? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, yes, Mr. Tom. Your logic, you're fired. That's it. Don't look me in the eye. That is it. I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. Okay. Alright, so firstly. How do you feel about that? I have a lot of different feelings about that. One is I think it's interesting that he 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 was kind of using the same exact cadence that Christian Bale did on that legendary uh, Terminator freakout. To a point, I hear it. And, like, when he was like, and you, and you, <laughs> Christian Bale, at one point he's like, do you know what that's like? No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and how was, yeah, I mean, I don't I even know. I was here looking at the lights. And how was the light? <laughs> oh, good for, for you. you. <laughs> um, so, I don't even know what he did. What that person did. I guess they probably weren't wearing a mask or something. There were two people who were weren't socially distancing, looking at a screen. From what I read, um, they were looking at a screen together, and he walked up and saw it. And then people, because what did you read any of the story? Um, no, not really. Okay, he had. There was a cruise ship that was doing the production of the movie. <laughs> he probably jumped off of and it. And I at think some point. fifteen or thirteen, I believe, people on the ship were infected. Oh. So the site, so it got shut down for seven days or a week. Okay. Seven days or a week. Seven days or <laughs> I, a week. I think it's ten days, uh, seven or ten days. So what happened was is that when they all came back to go back to production, he was very animate about. Yeah. Not breaking protocol. So I think it's an example of was. I mean, if he, if you're a guy that wields the power to fire people, as he seems to be. That's really no way to talk to employees. Never. Um, but at the same time, he's not really wrong. So well, it's like it's. Well, he's not. He's done with your apologies. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, to me, it's a textbook example of somebody that can kind of actually, in a lot of ways, have the moral high ground, but still be a fucking asshole. I be- Yeah, I I agree with you with that because all he had to do was say, "Listen, guys, if you can't follow the rules, we're not going to be able to finish this project." Yeah. But again, nobody gets paid. Right. That's what we're all here for. One of my bosses at Client Construction always said, we're here for the finance, not the romance. That's fair. I agree with that. No kissing on the job site. <laughs> well, you know, unless you really feel the need. Exactly. Unless you, you really feel the need to. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we've been talking for 37 minutes. I have a couple other stories, but I think, you know what, we'll do one more. Let's, Let's do one more. He's going to do one. Um, yo, yo, guys, it's raining outside. We're doing another news story because we're going to go... Uncle Buck Wild for y'all and do it. Here let's, we go. Let's swerve the yunk. Would you see Jackass 4? Well, I saw them all in the theater. Me too. Except for one. Really? But, yeah, I didn't see the first one. Um, well, I didn't realize this, but they, they started filming it. They're two days into it. Okay. Which, um... Who's in it? All of them. Uh, it would two, two, two days into it, um... Uh, Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville are already in the hospital. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> What's the reasoning, though, from uh, from a from uh, a stunt? Well, yeah, Bam recorded a video in the hospital waiting room and said uh, they got hurt, quote, by jumping on a full-speed treadmill with band equipment. And by band equipment, Bam wants you to know he means, quote, a fucking tuba. Okay. Um... But the injuries didn't seem to get Margera down. He flashed a devil sign gesture and said rock and roll, then showed off some scars he'd received in what was presumably another non-tuber-related stunt. Uh. Um, I mean, Johnny Knoxville's 49 years old. Steve-O's 46. Bam is only 41. Um, like, it just it felt to me like the third one was just a really good, like, hey, look, look, we're getting a little older, but we can still get a little gnarly. And, like, Steve-O wanted to prove that he could still do crazy shit even even after the drugs. But then, like, like after that and, you know, one of them dying from fucking driving his Ferrari 175 miles an hour or whatever it was. Right. And, you know, all the all the dark times Steve-O and Bam have been through, like, because of, of their demons. And, like, it's just... I don't know if I want to see 50-year-old Johnny Knoxville beat himself up anymore. I'll tell you this. Jackass 2 loved. Uncontrollably laughing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough for me it to remember. Me What's your favorite sketch in Jackass 2? Um, they did the hose thing, you know, where he rode on the hose called Ho- Hose Bull Ride or something. Oh, right, yeah. You know, it was, I mean, but all, I, it's not my favorite, but I'm saying all of that I enjoyed and I laughed at. Jackass 3D was a lot of peeing on each people, peeing on each other, and yeah. it wasn't. It was just kind of yeah. That that I don't one. Know where the hell they were going? It just was not enjoyable. That was the one where he drank Preston Lacey's sweat while he was on the treadmill, right? Uh, <laughs> sure. Ooh, that was foul. That was that's very disgusting. Yeah, I think he. I think, that, and then he was in the. He was in the. Steve-O was in the the Porta John that went up and down on the bungee cords and. All the shit was going all yeah. around him and stuff, uh, and so you thought the third one relied a little too much on gross-out humor. Yes. Well, the problem was they had to they had to use the 3D in some way. And what what way is Jackass going to use 3D besides have poo and shit flying at Dil- you? And overload overload of dildos. There were quite a few dildos. Yes, flying at the screen continuously. I mean, think about what they put their their bodies through. I mean, Johnny Knoxville had a a, a uh, stent. Yeah, but because a uh, motorcycle handle hit him in his taint. Hit his taint and hit it so hard that the that the handle bent and he was shooting blood out of his private area. Woo! And then the scarring started to close up his urethra, so he had to put a stent in. And like once what was a, it every day, right? I think once a day, yeah. Yeah, he had to do a um, catheter every day ah, to go to the bathroom. Ah. And he's going back to do more. They're sick fucks. That man. should have been a wake up call. Like, I mean, like Bam has drug problems and this, that, and the other thing. Like, maybe Bam needs the money, but Johnny Knoxville seems to have plenty going on that he doesn't have to do this shit anymore. Yeah, I mean, he has MIB two money, bro. Oh shit! Yeah, he's come got, on. He's got bad grandpa money, bro. He's got Grand Theft Parsons money. He's got Ringer money. He's got, uh. Bad Grandpa 2 money. <laughs> He's got um, Dukes of Hazard money. There you go. Yeah, all right. And Walk Hard? Walk Tall? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Walking Tall. No, sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. Walking Tall. Walking Phoenix. Tall. 
<laughs> All right, that's that's good enough. We're gonna we're gonna come back and eat some McRibs. Nice. Hello, everybody. Um, it's it's happening. Who's t- who's ready for a food segment? Uh, I, hey, this is a double food segment. You know. Yeah, I wasn't even planning Seg on eating, again. eating the. Uh, well, it's National Chocolate Covered Every Anything Day. So should we cover these in chocolate? Is what that's, you're saying? That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. But okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, um, I've never had a McRib. Let's just go ahead and make that clear here. Okay. The McRib is back at McDonald's for what is supposed to be a limited time. And um, I got me and Jay a couple of McRibs. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate you're, it. You're welcome, buddy. Because, you know, we try these things so you don't have to. Or I mean, this is so you can. I mean, this is supposed to be like a legendary sandwich, right? It is. It is very legendary. So as you're looking at the bun, it's got some... Uh, what would you say? Some sesame seeds, kind of like... Uh, it's a little seeded, yeah. Yeah, it's got a seeded bun. There's it's plenty, a long bun. There's plenty of napkins here in case you need them. Okay, probably will, because there is a ton of barbecue sauce on here. Now, the, the McRib does not have a bone in it. No, no, this okay. is... No, this is... <sighs> Just want to throw that boneless, out there. Boneless patty. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'd say we're looking at, what, about four or five inches here? Pickles, onions... Now, I'm taking my pickles and onions off, because I'm going to be a basic bitch here. Okay. That's fine. Now, you want to take the first bite? Sure. All right. Now, when did the McRib get started? Now, now, have you ever been to 7-Eleven? Sure. Okay, remember, now, 7-Eleven sold uh, a jacked-up, cheap-ass McRib sandwich. Really? And that's what I, I was, that would be my go-to. I would always go, and I would get that. And that would be my go-to sandwich whenever I went there. Because they never really had burgers and stuff like that back in the day. Now, the McRib started in 1981, following test marketing the year before. So, McRib's older than me? Yes. Wow. After poor sales, it was removed from the menu in 1985. The McRib was reintroduced in 1989, staying on the menu until 2005 in many countries. From 2006 until 2019, it was generally been made available for a short time each year in most markets where it is sold, typically during the fall season, although it is a permanent menu item in McDonald's restaurants in Germany. The sandwich is well as a culture phenomenon of chasing the McRib, where the main subject of the Simpsons episode, I'm spelling as fast as I can, in which it is parodied as the Rib Witch. I must have missed that one. And gains a cult following. Yeah, when did that episode come out? So I am. So that came out in 2003. I yeah. think I think I was done watching The Simpsons at that. What time. season was that? Season 14. Yeah, no way. Okay. So let's let's hear you wax poetic as I chomp on this. Go ahead. Beef. Beef arena. Beef chunk. Beef arena. Right. I'm so keen. Oh. I mean, All right, go ahead. It tastes like. Cafeteria Salisbury steak t- coated in barbecue sauce. I don't. I don't see the hype. That's all you're gonna say when my mouth is full. That's what she said. <laughs> Who? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. I, I mean, I think anybody who travels to to get this is pretty weird. Well, excuse me while I kiss the sky. But um, dear Lord, man, now, like a British woman. Now, do you feel the veg- at a Renaissance fair? This is very saucy. <laughs> do you feel the vegetable accoutrement really adds something? Am I missing out? 
I think that the onions are good. I think that the pickles are good. I think the rib, which is good, but like you just said, what would be the point of traveling if you just had it in, like, okay, you get it in Chicago, then you drive to, I don't know, Albany, and they have it there. Great. It's the same sandwich. This is corporate, you know? Now, just to clarify, these are raw onions. These are not cooked onions. Correct. And they're the same sad little pickle patties that you'll get if you get, you know, like a cheeseburger or something. Right. And the sauce is dripping everywhere and is covering the bottom of the container. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely making my container a little... Um, it's messing with the integrity of my container a little bit. Correct. Messing so, with the integrity of my container. That's my uh, the name of my first indie album. I love it. I would buy it. Um... On vinyl, though. <laughs> Only. So, is this your first McRib? No, it's not. Sorry. Fucking poser. You are. Oh. oh. I enjoy it. Again, it, it's... it's The broke-ass 7-Eleven McRib cannot hold a candle to this. Really? Yes. See, I was just got taquitos if I was going to go... Uh, if you're going 7-Eleven? Food, yeah. I like the buffalo or the buffalo chicken loaded griller wasn't bad. What about you folks? Have you had a McRib? Please write in notnordicpod at gmail.com. And if you went to 7-Eleven, would you get the nachos <laughs> or the taquitos? No, with the free what do you get? Free uh, chili and cheese. With free the chili and cheese with the nachos, and and they have a station too. I don't know if they have it now, so you can throw a little raw onion on there too. Yeah, that's probably a thing of the past. Well, here's the thing for you. When was the last time you got nachos at 7-Eleven? Years. Right. Do you know how they do it now? No. They give you a container with a bag of chips in the container sealed. So you open the bag, dump the chips into your container, and then you put the not- and then you put the cheese sauce and stuff on it. So that's good, right? I would think so, yeah. yeah. But I guess people are used to, what was it back in the day? It was just chips sitting there? Yeah. The round ones? Yeah. You just... You just do your chili and cheese, or, or they do it for you. Is that how they did it back in the day? No, it used to, it used to be self-serve, yeah. yeah oh, the little, station uh, was, like, around the corner there. Yeah, that little uh, oozing cheese rifle. I'm going to give the McRib a God. five uh, five broadswords, five Viking broadswords. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm going to go... I'm six or seven. I'll go six point five. Six point five diamond encrusted battle axes. For battle the axes, yes. Um, yeah, it's not bad. I'm not a yeah. I mean, it. I didn't hate it, but it's not something I ever need to have again. I don't think. Um, all right. Well, we'll be back with punching bags. Yeah. The world said it sucked, but we don't agree. Cause we're not down with mob mentality. So here we are to give it not as. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very special Christmas time edition of Punching Bags. Dashing through crappy movies. Exactly. Yeah. Dashing through crappy movies. Um. 
So, we, Punching Bags is where we re-examine uh, pieces of pop culture, movies, or music that got a bad rep from uh, critics or um, the general public or both and decide whether it was deserved and whether they're any good or not. Yes. So, Jay, you want to explain what we got on tap this week? Okay, so we have Jack Frost, and we also have Jack Frost. Through, through a crazy twist of fate, maybe, um, <laughs> two, two movies with that title came out in consecutive years, 1997 right. and 1998. Yes. So, I guess we can go chronological, and we'll talk about 1997's Jack Frost, which... I'm not sure how I ever I, I never uh, watched that because, like I said, I have a strong memory of when I worked at a video store, um, seeing the um, the cover which had Jack for it was holographic and it had Jack Frost's eyes which follow you as you walked across the room. Yes, I do remember that as well. Uh, so Jack Frost um, follows. It's tough to even like say this out loud. It's okay. Um, on a snowy December night, a state execution transfer vehicle crosses into the quiet backwater town of Snowminton. Uh, inside a serial killer, Jack Frost, who eluded police for years and left a trail of 38 bodies across 11 states before being arrested by Shel- Sheriff Sam Tyler, the sheriff of Snowminton. Jack is scheduled to be executed at midnight, but Jack kills the guard, and the vehicle crashes into a genetic research truck. Jack is exposed to chemicals from inside the truck, causing him to dissolve and fuse with the snow. I guess that's as good of an explanation as any. Yeah. Um, So Jack becomes a killer snowman. Um, He goes um, on a rampage, and then there's some weird um, uh, FBI people chasing after him who eventually... Who want, of course, in all of these movies, they want to keep him and reuse him as a weapon or whatever. Right, well, there's an FBI agent and then there's a scientist who created the actual... Yeah, the scientist is a dick and, like, like, in a different life would have been played by Paul Giamatti or somebody like that. Oh, yeah, that would have been been a good... But, so can I ask, what what is your initial uh, thought about this movie? Uh, In general? Yeah. I, I laughed a few times, but I thought it was pretty dull and pretty cheap looking for the most part. Okay. What about you? I loved it. Did you? I would. I'm throwing this up there with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Like wow. this is the same kind of feel I got. You, they take themselves so seriously in something so ridiculous that it worked for me. Well, tell me what you liked about it. Love the acting. Really? Marsha Clark. Who did you? Who did the she lawyer? Play? She she played the um. It was not the lawyer, you silly. Yeah, it was. Was it really her? Yes, it was. Wow. From the OJ trials, yeah. She played Marla. She played the uh, the secretary. No, that's not her. Yes, it is. Look, it's a it's an American soap actress. No, it's not. It's Marsha Clark. Bro, look it up. It's a another woman named Marsha Clark. <laughs> no. There's it's... no... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I really thought it was Marsha Clark. <laughs> Because I even looked it up too. I hold on. Good. Keep talking. I thought. I th- well, I thought this person, Marsha Clark, was excellent. She was good. Um, <laughs> um, so I mean, it look like this movie is clearly made on a shoestring budget, and you know when when you actually see Jack, and it's also it's it's clearly very influenced by Child's Play. Like even even um, uh, Jack Frost's voice kind of sounds like Chucky's voice a little now. And, um, so there's a lot of, like, and when you, when you see him move, like, it's clearly just, like, a dude in pajamas, and, like, they can't really, they can't really move him too much. I mean, look, like I said, I can't, 
I, I can't imagine this movie's budget was more than like a few hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, they're doing the best they can, I suppose. But, like, it just, the, the silliness of it... <laughs> It gave me gave me a ceiling as to how much I could I could really really vibe with it and like all the scenes that you are supposed to get a reaction I did get a reaction there's a there's a great scene where Jack Frost despite not having feet somehow runs a guy over with a car which is pretty funny yeah. um, of course the which by the way this isn't the first time we'll mention this in the next couple weeks somebody gets strangled with uh, with Christmas lights yes certainly <laughs> did um, I'm trying to think what are some of the other kills. A guy gets an axe shoved handle first down his yeah. throat. Um, and Which then didn't I, make any sense. I but. guess I guess we got to talk about it. There is uh, Shannon Elizabeth uh, from American Pie making her uh, film debut. Does get raped by Jack Frost. Is that are, is that what's happening? Yeah. Is she getting raped? Yeah. Okay, I was not. I was not sure. She was slammed up against the bathroom wall. Well, he took his. He took his. Um, his his nose carrot and re- and rearranged it. Did he really? Yeah. How did I miss that? Yeah. No. He puts the carrot. Uh, he puts the carrot back on after he's done, and then says, "I I should have a cigarette or something." I heard him say that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. He was. That was a snowman rape. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So I was a little like. I was a little iffy on that. <laughs> yeah, that's a little uh, low brow, as I like to say. <laughs> it was well. The whole film is is fairly low brow. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, the music the the music is kind of interesting. Like it's weird, like sort of creepy country almost. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't. Um, I, I I don't know what what it was about this movie. The actors took themselves so seriously, and it was it was done so bad, shot so. You know, very made-for-TV movie, and Marsha Clark was a great actress, and Marcia, I really thought Marsha Clark had prosecutor. <laughs> I'm telling you, I really thought it was her, <laughs> and I was, I thought when something is so like campy, right? Yeah, and people put so much love and passion into it. Yeah, it just makes it makes it just so much better. Yeah, well, it's you can tell. I think I think what really like got got the effect that you're talking about is if you look at like all of these actors, if you look at their IMDb pages, they're not anybody you would know from anything, but they're all like journeyman actors that have been like had parts on like a hundred different things, you right. know? Yeah, like just like I mean, these are all working actors that like know the know their craft and you know I think understood what understood that they needed to keep a straight face through the whole thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, the definitely uh definitely the the acting is is a strong point because actually there there's a funny gag um when Shannon Elizabeth is about to bang her boyfriend where they're both getting undressed and there's a like oh, yeah. <laughs> it takes them 20 minutes cuz they're they're you know, they're wearing so many layers because it's cold outside. Yeah. That that was kind of funny. So this movie on Rotten Tomatoes Holds an approval rating of seven percent. Yeah, I mean what? A three out of ten, and it has a two point five graves on a, I guess, uh, a grave scale. I mean, did you think critics were going to be kind to this movie? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was very surprised. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I recommend this movie if you're a fan. Cool. If you're a fan of campy, uh, I would say, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Those type of movies, even Tremors, it really had a Tremor feel to it to me. 
a little bit. Uh, in the acting and stuff, I can definitely see it. Yeah. So I would definitely... The, the creature effects and tremors were a little bit better than this, I would say. Why this this was terrible. The snowman was Yeah, it was a dude in pajamas, basically. Right, yeah. It was not a good... And I... Although respect to the actor uh, Scott McDonald, who played uh, who played the um, Jack Frost, yeah. he played him as a person and as the snowman, which usually it's two different people. So, um, so the guy who played the sheriff, Christopher Alpert, I don't know if you made your way onto his uh, Wikipedia page. I did not. I did start watching Jack Frost too, but then I, was I gonna, fell asleep. I was going to say maybe we should save that. Oh, um, well, I fell asleep, so I don't. I can see all. This. So uh, that guy died on January twenty fifth, two thousand eight. Um, you you want to know how he died? Because it's pretty crazy. Not by like an icicle or something. Avalanche. Really? Yeah. Wow. Sad and ironic. Don't you think? Little too ironic. Okay. So rest in power, rest in power, Christopher Christopher Allport. So what? How would you rate this movie? Uh, what did I rate it on uh, Letterboxd? Uh, okay, he's going to his reviews on his website. Uh, he's, he's getting official here. Three. Give it a three, and you feel that's a three. You yeah. wouldn't watch it again. Maybe with other people. Definitely not by myself. So then how is it a three? If you would watch it again. Because if someone else was curious about it, I like... Okay. I, I wouldn't suggest it. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, I would suggest it. So I would give it... Damn. I'll give it a 7.5. Wow. Okay. Dude, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad. And I highly, re- I highly recommend it. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, re- sa- I'm, I'm saying go out and see this movie... Because pulling the curtain back, I sort of unilaterally select. No, actually, you had the idea to do the Jack Frost. The Jack I, Frost. Because yeah. I was going to say I kind of unilaterally selected all four movies for the next two weeks. Because I was so I was glad you enjoyed one of them. But, yes, um, I do enjoy that. I did enjoy it. Well, listen, let's get to the main event here. The the, the fucking coup de gras. Following, unless, yes. unless you know who did. Did anybody do the catering for? There was actually Jack no Frost? catering. I catering think, or I catering. It was probably a bring your own bag <laughs> lunch type affair. Yeah. Um. 1998, Michael Keaton, Jack Frost. This I'm fairly comfortable in he saying. He highly recommends. Is the most batshit insane movie we have watched for um, for punching bags. This movie is fucking nuts. Yes. Like just oh my god, there's so much to talk about here. Um, Michael Keaton once again plays Jack Frost, which there's no. There's no like it's just acknowledgement name. of how ridiculous that name is. Right. Um, he's a blues musician in Colorado. He's uh, seems to love his son and his wife, but is kind of just not there. Or is kind of sort of absent. But it's weird because the first 20 minutes of the movie is like, oh, I love you, son. I love you, blah blah blah. And then like the second 20 minutes is like, oh, you got to be there for your kid. Like it, it didn't quite all add up for me. I got a real Jesse and the Rippers kind of feel from Full House. <laughs> you know? He he always wanted to make it big. Yes. And, you know, not saying that we're rock legends, but this kind of shit is... It's... You know? Yeah. Well, I, I know. I, I kind of get the vibe you're going for. Okay, go we'll, I'll, I'll, I think I'll get to it. I okay. think I'll get to the point you're trying okay, to make. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, um, 
uh, he blows off a gig and decides to go uh, spend a weekend with his family and dies on the way there. Yes. Um, nothing is really made of it. it like he died. Like there's a bit, the death scene lasts about two seconds. They skip over the funeral, everything. Like we just get to a year later. Well, you're missing the very beginning where okay. where he gives his son a harmonica. Yes. And says that it's a magic harmonica. Magic harmonica. Wherever I am, you can play it, and I'll hear it. So they're going away for this trip, and he gets the gig of a lifetime to meet the yeah the owner of a record label. Which, all right, since we're since we're breaking it right, down more, we'll, we'll go we'll go back to the beginning here. Well, I just want to say because his son was so pissed off, gave him the harmonica back. Yes. Okay. No, so okay. you're so the first scene where you meet Michael Keaton's character, which by the way was apparently originally intended to be George Clooney. Um, Seriously? Yeah. I would think that this role would be more for Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis? Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so the first time you meet him, him and his band, which uh, the, the big guy from the Full Monty is playing keyboards. Yes. And Trevor Rabin from Yes is playing lead guitar. Is he? Yeah, um, they're playing. They're playing like a like a down home bluesy version of uh, Frosty, Frosty the Snowman, yeah. and Dweezil Zappa playing. I guess like some sort of like A and R executive in the crowd has to call his boss immediately and go, "It's the Jack Frost band. You gotta sign." <laughs> like, uh, and I think that I think that circles back to your point where it's like, when was this kind of music like commercially viable right. to the point where he's like, hey, "Boss, you gotta drop this record contract right now." Right. Yeah. Yeah. This bluesy kind of <laughs> terrible <laughs> slow. And they're playing. They're playing Frosty the Snowman. They're not even playing a song that they wrote. Right. Vinylinist in the band. Oh. It's 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 absurd. Yes. And then for some reason, in the next five minutes of the movie, uh, you see two two of Frank Zappa's other children. Um, Ahmed Zappa plays the snow plow driver that you see every now and again. Oh, okay. And then, uh, well, he was the drummer in the band. Was he? I believe he was. Oh, keep going. Maybe I'm sorry. He was. Go ahead. Um, and then the teacher who says, "Have a good Christmas break, everybody," is Frank's daughter, Moon Unit. <laughs> so I don't. Oh. Fear for walking, not for running. That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, and then after that, like, there's this insane scene that really has no place in the movie except to pad the runtime, where there's like a four thousand child snowball fight. Yeah. Like, like it's like, like it's like <laughs> the kid walks out of school and it's like Hanoi <laughs> except with snowballs. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were, I mean. I guess I guess that that's more focusing towards the kid aspect. Yeah, you know, to draw them in. Well, this is a this is meant to be a children's movie, I think, which is weird because it's very fucking dark. It it is very dark, but I did get a Mighty Ducks feel even before the hockey the hockey was introduced. I don't know why that was. Huh. But yeah, the the whole scene with. Them throwing snowballs and then making big giant slingshots and throw these huge snowballs. It was weird. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then okay, so we <laughs> cut to we cut to a year later. Um, Jack Frost's child, Charlie Frost, who was like this prodigious student and like you know a decent hockey player and an all around nice kid, seemed right, to be good down kid. in the dumps a year after his father passed away. He builds a snowman for some reason because it was through tradition. Oh, because remember, because okay. okay, so I'm sorry that we're giving this so much, so no, much. No, no, this is no, this is 
So this is the whole point, isn't it? So and when, there's so much to say about this. So movie. when Jack Frost got back from tour, like for every surfer dude, where it's like, yeah, this movie just sucked. Like at right. least there's a lot going on in this one. Uh, that's true. So when Jack Frost got back from tour, he goes home and his son is sleeping. <laughs> when Jack Frost got what an absurd sentence. <laughs> so he talked to him and he says it's snowing outside. So the tradition was every time it snowed was oh. to make a snowman. Oh, I didn't catch that. I guess. Yeah. So they went outside and made the snowman that year before he died. Well, this time when he makes the snowman solo, you get treated. To to almost all of the classic track Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, which, yes. which seemed like an odd music cue there. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, he goes and he plays the harmonica, and that causes the snowman to turn into his father, Jack Jack Frost, right? Right. Um, and just says, I'm home. <laughs> the, just, oh, man. Uh, so he, he has quit... In the in the interim, his grades have gone bad, and he's quit his soccer t- his ho- hockey team, which is coached by Henry Rollins. Yes, playing a character named Sid Gronick. <laughs> this movie's this movie's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Um. So, so how's it go next? He um. Obviously, his dad like kind of like slowly ma- tries to make contact with him, and and like it reminds me a little of like, you remember Big. Like where uh, Tom Hanks finds his friend And he has to sing like that song Only they knew So he convinces him that it's him Right So he walks up and calls him Charlie Boy Right But it's like Here's the thing Like Tom Hanks in that movie Was playing just an adult man Like <laughs> when he, For him to be like You're not my father It's like you're, you're believing that you're talking to a snowman. Oh, Why is the leap that it's your dead father so much more, so much harder for you to take? You know, this is true. <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, in Big, it was like this guy could be some creep, not my friend. In a like in Jack Frost, you're already in a fucking fantastical situation. You might as well believe that it's your father back from the dead. <laughs> uh, so, uh, man, and then. His dad kind of uh, tries to set on. There's there's another insane scene where they're on a um, where they they get chased by bullies on sleds and it goes on forever. Yes. Um, oh, so Jack Frost goes from like being like, oh, this sort of sucks being a, a snowman to when they get involved in a snowball fight again, being like, oh, cool, check me out, I'm I'm, I'm a snowman, fuck you, I'm yeah. gonna throw it. All gonna, of, yeah. All of a sudden, he's into it and. Uh, then I guess he runs out of stamina or something, so they decide to run away from the bullies, one of which appears to be a champion snowboarder. Uh, yeah. And so so this this scene goes on for like 20 minutes conservatively with the most 90s song I've ever... The most 1998 song I've ever heard. Dude, of I tried guy. to find that song. That song was catchy as hell. The, I really enjoyed the it. Name of, it's in the, uh, the, the Wikipedia entry what the name of it is. Yeah, I tried, but I... Listen to the lyrics, and I tried to find it, and I didn't. It's, I called, wasn't... it's called "Hey Now Now" by Swirl Three Sixty. Okay, well, let's keep talking about. Let's keep talking, and I will. I will find that song. So then they do that, and they go like where. Um, also, another thing I'd like to bring up. Go ahead. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Um. So he's kind of, and he's kind of, his dad's kind of trying to help set him on the right path. And obviously everyone else is starting to see that he's talking to a snowman. It's like, yo, you're a fucking weirdo. He helps him score his first goal in hockey. But then, of course, it's unseasonably warm out, so his dad starts melting, which, you know, if you've seen Frosty, you assume this is coming. Right. Um, So I guess they have some sort of cabin that he takes him to, 
where it's it's snowing out and this set and the other thing and they he tells him that it's time for him to leave um and then he calls we have a ghost moment well he calls his wife his wife and like almost like he took his child hostage being like Charlie's at the cabin come and get him now my thing is he's been alive again for what like a week and like you're not gonna say anything to your old lady like right you're not you're just gonna just let her know right when you're on the way out that you're alive again but I did uh, a more hacky screenplay might have had her like start dating Henry Rollins or something like in the intervening years so I'm glad they or the or the big guy from Full Monty that really I mean I guess like just decided to when when Jack Frost died, just decided to like work at Home Depot or whatever it is he's doing instead yeah, bro, of playing music. Bro, bro, he didn't anymore. have the passion for the music anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come I mean, on now. I mean once 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 you're out of the Jack Frost band, it's just not the same anymore. You're absolutely right. They, so you got the tune? Yeah, I'm gonna That's not it, folks. This is This is an ad. <laughs> so Here's, not, not paid for by us. No. This is this isn't ad that's paid for by us. Discountcemetery.com. Yes, check us out. Check us out. Here we go. Check it out. Jack Frost this soundtrack. This is 1998. This song. Swirl 360. That's 1998. Okay. It is. I agree. Whatever song does this sound like? Yeah. Gotta get to the hook, bro. There we go. It gets it gets catchier though. Yeah. This is just a free point. There it is. Hey now, now. Yeah. Little three sixty going in the bag, isn't it? I would listen to this. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, listeners, am I wrong? Is that not the most 1998 song you've ever heard? Uh, yeah, it's pretty 1998. I would have to agree with you. Um, so, so yeah, he he becomes a ghost um, and vanishes into the air, and I guess everybody lives happily ever after, and uh, you see a full Monty guy playing the piano a little bit at the end, and then for some reason we follow their dog. To the end credits. Yeah. Oh, that was another weird thing when he when he was trying to get there to watch his hockey game. He makes their family dog pull a sled with him on it, and he whips the dog, which I didn't like much. Uh, did he really though? I think he just made the whipping motion. I don't think he actually hit the dog. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. I don't think they would allow that in a child's movie. I don't think they would have allowed a lot of this in a child's movie. Also, yeah, when he was making the snowman the first time, he put the he put the. <laughs> remember. Oh yeah, he said, yeah. <laughs> well, Dad, I said nose, yeah, not go, hose. Yeah, go back to our discussion of the Shannon Elizabeth scene, scene from the yeah. uh, from the previous film. Oh, we should mention uh, when he after the hockey game when he realizes that his father's melting, uh, he somehow convinces one of the bully kids to to be nice to him. Who doesn't have a dad? Yeah, he says he says I know you're sad. Says I know you're sad because your dad left, but please help me or whatever. And then they decide to get um, Jack Frost on a truck. And uh, the child delivers what is uh, what is I obviously say, the line of the film. The best line that should be on T-shirts. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can do it. Well, let's do it together. Ready? One, uh, two, two 
three. three. Snow, Snow Dad is, is better than, than No Dad. Yeah. Holy shit. Snow Dad is better than No Dad. Where was where was the best screenplay Oscar for Jack Frost? <laughs> God damn it. So, um, so would you recommend this movie? Or do you have more to say? I'm sure I could probably think of more, but maybe <laughs> maybe we should cut it off. Um, uh, Mike, uh, like I didn't even get into Michael Keaton's fucking frosted hair and his earring when he's, you know, in his mid forties or whatever he was. The fact that Kelly Preston was like, by the way, rest in peace, Kelly Preston. Yes, who, very who was like twenty seven years younger than him at this right. point. But they do that a lot in movies for some reason. Wives, like wives, are always cast as being much younger. Um, no, I mean. This movie's insane. Like, I would. I, but it's not insane. It's not insane as Jack Frost. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a different type of insane. Right. Certainly. Which is funny because it does share certain plot points. It weirdly. They do. And really, like, you know, Jack Frost 1990, 1997 is a horror film. Jack Frost 1998 is meant to be like a family film. But if you really like sit and think about what happens in Jack Frost '98, it's a horror film too. Yes, it's 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 fucking horrific. Um, so uh, if somebody was like, "Let's watch an insane movie and just talk over it the whole time," yeah, I'd be down. So what are you giving this brilliant flick? I mean, this I mean, starring this, Michael Keaton, Kelly Preston. I mean, I graded it on Letterbox in terms of what I what I thought the filmmaking craft to be, and that was a two. Okay. Um, at least it's below Jack Frost, ninety-seven. Well, why you think you thought I you couldn't tell that I liked Jack Frost ninety-eight less? <laughs> yes, I'm glad that you did. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I mean, in terms of like, like Ed Wood mystery science theater type content, okay, it's like a nine. But like in in terms of the actual movie, yeah, I'll stick with a two. What about you? I agree. I agree. I agree with a two. And yeah, mystery science theater. Definitely, it'd be fun to watch them rip this apart. Yeah, it was one of the more entertainingly bad movies we've watched. Like, uh, I, I debatable. Was, I was, I was never bored. I was. Were you? I did not. I did not enjoy it. Oh, I didn't enjoy it. Liar, <laughs> folks. He's lying. So, what do you give it? A two. I'm oh, you give it a two. I'm with you, one hundred percent. Two. All right. Well, that's uh, so that's Jack Frost and. Jack Frost. Yeah. Um, ne- next week, le- Jack Frost '97, Jack Frost '98. Next week, uh, le- let's uh, le- prepare for our reviews of Black, Black Christmas, Christmas 2006 and Black Christmas t- uh, 2019. Wait a minute, we're supposed to watch 2006. What you watched the '74 one? N- Wait a minute, I watched '74 in 2019. Uh, I watched 2006 in 2019. That's okay. Dear Lord. Okay. No, I, yeah, my idea was the two remakes, but might be oh, kind, darn. Might be kind of interesting to compare the original and the remake. Okay. Um so, uh here's for some reason uh I'm going to let us continue um the the ti- the title similarity thing. The last show of 20 uh 20, thank God. Um we're going to watch if if you guys pay close attention to the show, you'll know I hate these Gary Marshall holiday movies even though I've never seen any of them. Uh, well, I'm going to see one of them. We're going to watch New Year's Eve, uh, starring um, in alphabetical order Jake T. Austin, James Belushi, Halle Berry, Jessica Biel, Mayor Michael Bloomberg as himself, John Bon Jovi, Abigail Breslin, Ludacris, Matthew Broderick, Robert De Niro, Josh Dumal, Zach Efron, Hector Elizondo, Carla Giugino, Catherine Heigl, Cherry Jones, Ashton Kutcher, John Lithgow, Catherine McNamara, 
Seth Myers, Leah Michelle, Alyssa Milano, wow. Sarah Jessica Parker, Russell Peters, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sarah Paulson, Ryan Seacrest, Till Schweiger, Hillary Swank, Sophia Vergara, and Nat Wolf. Now, is this just them in one scene, just a shot of all of them standing there, and then it cuts away, and then it goes to the movie? Uh, it must that be. That would be right? hilarious. Um, let me wet your whistle with some uh, some some words from the critics. Okay, let's... 7% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The site's general consensus reads, Shallow, sappy, and dull. New Year's Eve assembles a star-cut-studded cast for no discernible purpose. Uh. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times said... New Year's Eve is a dreary plod through the sands of time until finally the last grain has trickled through the hourglass of cinematic sludge. How is it possible to assemble more than two dozen stars in a movie and find nothing interesting for any of them to do? Wow. Kimberly Jones of the Austin Chronicle said, Mostly, New Year's Eve is appalling stuff. A poorly constructed, sentimental sham. Claudia Winkleman of the BBC One show Film said... I have found the worst film of all time, and it is called New Year's Eve. Well, we'll be the judge of that, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Rolling Stone shared the same opinion and rated it zero stars. Wow. Stating, director Gary Marshall follows last year's Valentine's Day rom-com crap fest with an even more puke-upable sample of the species and concludes New Year's Eve is, quote, bad beyond belief. Oh man! This is going to be very fun. This is what we do. This is so you don't. We watch them so you don't have to. Right now, the the, the second half of next week's or two weeks from now's double feature is the 1980 Canon Pictures classic, New Year's Evil, 1980 American slasher film. The plot follows a Los Angeles punk rock and new wave show host oh, who receives a series of phone calls during a televised New Year's bash from a killer warning of impending murders that he plans to exact as the New Year dawns on each time zone. Now, have you heard? Have you seen this movie before? Uh, no, but I know people who like it. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, there's there's bad reviews of this too, but like reviews don't matter with these kind of no. movies, you know. I mean, exactly. criti- critics never like shit like exactly. this. Exactly. New Year's Eve is gonna. Ro- oh, this. <laughs> um, there's the poster. It says, "Don't dare make New Year's resolutions unless you plan to live." Damn. It's a terrible tagline. Damn. 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 <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway. <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, uh, DiscountCemetery.com for all your horror and uh, cold film attire needs. Yes, NotNordicPod20 at checkout for 20% off your order and a gift. A gift. Shout out to Colleen and Spencer who are inundated with orders. Are they? Good. Yes, they are. He says he's burning the midnight oil and candles at both ends and... What other things we can say for being? Uh, I don't know, but, uh, but hopefully we uh, hopefully we give you an hour and a half of entertainment in the in the shop there, Spence. I hope so. Um, and Colleen. Shout out to uh, shout out to uh, Tony Tonell who decided not to uh, not to grace us with his presence this week. Totally fine. Yeah, it still, is. Shout out to TJ. Uh, yeah. Follow follow him on Instagram at Tony Touchdown. If you're not aware, he's the first mukbanger in America. He started in 2010 before all these new jack. Yokels, you know, took his candle and ran, burned him. I love, I'm using a lot of candle analogies tonight, so. And it seemed to me you lived your life. Like a muckbanger and candle burning. Dear God. Sorry. Um, 
Yeah, so, and congratulations to Metaphysical Megan and her, uh, uh, her pony not having betrothed. Yes. Um, get, uh, if you have a, um, a file you need 3D printed, get in, get in touch with, uh, Dungeon Master of the Show, Greg. Yes. What, what's that website? You remember it? It is 3D Custom Prints Studio on Etsy. You have an STI or is an STL file? I think it's STI. Okay, an STI file. Send that over to him. He will print it out. He'll send it to you. Use Not Nordic, and he will little dis little discount at checkout. Yeah, little little something, little something something for the homies. Yeah. Um, I I mean, if you're interested, never mind. I was going to say something about Hero Forge, but (laughs) yeah, um, (laughs) we're turning into one of those podcasts now where all the things are at the end. Yeah. Right. Like uh, you go, said the Casper. Go, go to go to audible.com. Uh, yeah, use not nor- no, we don't have that. <laughs> Maybe someday, who knows? It's, it's something to aspire to. We'll um, see. That's it for tonight. Um thank you to everybody. Um it, we're getting to the end of the year. We're doing it together. Um I can't swear 2021 will be markedly better, but at least it's uh, at least you can feel uh there can be a symbolic thing there. We'll all get a fresh start in a couple of weeks. There you go. And uh do do with it what you will. Hopefully something good. Uh, remember, um, always swerve the yonk. Always, always go, go Uncle, Uncle Buckwild. Buck and most importantly of all, we are not, not Nordic. Nordic. Good night.